women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hi to all listeners. Particularly want to say hi to my friends at Sandra McDonald's at our parents' home. How are you guys doing? How are you managing there? And of course, a huge shout out to Minion at Sandra who have been an absolutely, absolute lifesaver for all of us around the world. May Hashem strengthen you. May Hashem bless you all with the biggest blessing of all that you're able to continue to give in God's world and to merit to greet Mashiach. We're very close. We've been wandering for thousands of years. Often it feels like we're going in circles. We think we're progressing, and then we realize it's not like that. But we are. We may not see it. But every single day, every single action is changing the reality. Sure, we make mistakes. We have choices. And in a sense, we have a choice to get out of any difficulty that we're in, because we are the co-authors of our personal destiny, and ultimately, the destiny of all of mankind and of all of creation. We're still in the wilderness. We're still journeying. And the question is how to find direction so that we can finally come to the promised land. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, it's a very simple thing that we need to do. We need to start to care. We can make choices and our behavior can be to build or, God forbid, to destroy. The clue is to look at what have we been gifted by God. He's gifted us with. What have we been gifted with? We've been gifted with life. The ability to see and hear, even if it's not perfect, the ability to speak the ability to connect, the ability to care. And if God has given us gifts, prosperity, material, spiritual wealth, emotional wealth, mental wealth, insight, we need to share that. It's not for us to keep. It's for us to share. Because everything is from Hashem. And everything is a beautiful opportunity to make a difference. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. And we're talking about caring. We're talking about something called sharing, which sounds so naive sometimes, but it's at the essence 
of how this world needs to run. Why Hashem made the world is really to share, to make a seeming wilderness into a garden, to reveal the essence. And he made it, and he gave us a partnership, a 50-50, sometimes more. So the work now, certainly in this Parsha, which speaks about the end of a journey, a 40-year journey in the desert, the work is to recognize why are we here? Why are we in the year 2020 where we are physically, socially, materially, spiritually? What are our gifts? Which doors are open? Which doors are closed? And thank God, it's unlike times of abject poverty, war, the discomfort that our ancestors, that our parents, that our grandparents were subjected to. Hashem loves us. He's helping us. And He's given us a space to reflect and to remember. We all carry the answer inside. What is life? Who are we? What are we here for? Every moment is a precious gift, an opportunity to partner with Hashem and give Him nachas. And there is a right way. You know the word tzedakah. It doesn't mean charity. Tzedakah is from the word tzedek. What is righteousness? What is right? And who makes the rules? Hashem makes the rules. And he's the one who gives. And he gives with unending love. We may be too blind to see it. But that is the teaching. And we want to explore that today. So here we are. In the nine days. What does that mean? That means that Tisha B'Av is next Wednesday night and Thursday. It means that we're in the second half of this period of time called the three weeks. And we know that it's an energy of mourning and sadness. So where's the good? Let's talk about the time we're in and connect it to the Torah portion that we're reading. This week, we started the fifth, number five of the five books of Moshe. And we call it Chumash, Chumash number five, because the word Chamesh is five in Hebrew. And it's different to the other four books. How is it different? Why is it different? And what message does this week's Parsha and the book, the whole book that we've started have for us? So Wednesday a period called the nine days started. On the 17th of Tammuz, which is two weeks ago, the three weeks started, commemorating the breaching of the walls of Jerusalem when the enemy came in and inflicted unspeakable horrors on the people, slaughtering millions. It culminated 
well, we could say it culminated with the destruction, the burning of the Holy Temple. It was a carnage. It was an absolute horror, a holocaust. But that was only the beginning, as it were, of the exile and the suffering and the wandering. Does this time mean to us? What's the energy of the time? Yes, it's a time of mourning, of remembering, recalling, reflecting. But it's a time when we get connected to God's love because no descent, no difficulty is except, is given except to experience a higher goodness. From each experience that we have in life, things are revealed to us and we can access our inner potential to reach greater heights. Let's talk about the saddest time of the year. And at the same time, the reading of this Parsha. So how's this book, book number five, different from the other four? It's the fifth book. It's the final book of the Torah. And the whole book, all the Parshas are devoted to Moshe Rabbeinu's farewell addresses in his last 36 days of life. Shortly before he passes away, which is shortly before they enter the land of Israel, he gives them these talks. And the Parsha this week, Devarim, which means words, is full of words of rebuke to the Jewish nation because of various incidents that took place during their 40 years of wandering in the desert. And he's pointing out to them the lessons they must learn from their mistakes. How absolutely pertinent is that in our times? We've grown, society has evolved, but we have made many mistakes. And only by remembering, reflecting, and accepting responsibility for the mistakes that we've made personally and as a society will we be able to enter the promised land, as it were. The energy of the book of Devarim is remembering, reflecting, analyzing our behavior, our mistakes, in order to go higher. All these incidents that took place in these 40 years of wandering, Hashem has cleared our calendars now to remind us and to uplift us. He's giving us a space now to reflect, to resolve, and to act. We've got to act in a spiritual direction. That's the only thing that will unite all of creation. It's an incredible thing. We have so much talent, so much know-how, so many gifts, and there's a lot of wealth. But it's not being shared. It's not evenly or fairly or distributed in a balanced way. And we can rage and say, why, Hashem? Why don't you just give everybody the same? 
Why must some people suffer? Why are there the rich and the poor, those who have and those who need? You, God, are infinite in wisdom, perfect from beginning to end. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Gutner of Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. The days are getting a little longer. 5.20 is candle lighting, and Shabbos will end at 6.11 tomorrow night. And we have started the fifth book, Devarim, the fifth book of the five books of the Torah. And Devarim is different. It's a review, in a sense. It's God's word. But it's a very refreshing, different slant to Torah. Because Moshe is preparing the people to enter the promised land. And he reviews with them everything they've been through together. These 36 days, the last days of his life, they review, they reflect. He begs them to remember and not repeat the same mistakes. He points things out to them, the things to hold on to. He discusses with them things that are specific that they will need to know when they enter the Holy Land. And it's not new. It's called the review. Mishnah Torah. Somehow this has a different ring. Very often, the very same thing presented differently or in a different context suddenly rings a bell. All of the things we've been hearing about the ecology, about nature, we felt bad, but people plowed ahead, greed drove society. All these things we knew about in terms of health, in terms of pacing ourselves, and the same thing with Yiddishkeit. This is the time to reflect and redirect ourselves. That life should be full of meaning. That every hour of every day should be connected to something infinite. And that our lives have a cohesiveness and a unity. There should be nothing that we do, whether it's eating, sleeping, communicating, the way we run our homes, where we decorate our homes, where we dress, the way we spend our time, none of that should fall outside of why we are here, why we are alive, and why God has given us all the things he's given us. The time has come to become whole. Each one of us to heal and to heal our families, to become whole within, to become whole with a spouse, with family, with community, and ultimately with all of creation. What we need to do is to realize the preciousness of right now. Imagine you can give a king great pleasure. Imagine the king needs you to make him happy. Imagine you can be of service which will have benefits forever and ever for you and your children and their children after you. 
I want to share something. The previous Rebbe said, in the name of his father, that when Mashiach comes, may it happen speedily in our days, people will start yearning for the times we're in now. They'll start yearning after Golos, Galut, exile. How can it be? So he says, because it's then that they'll start feeling sorry that they didn't devote themselves to divine service. And we don't just, we're not talking about standing and praying all day. Everything in life is divine service, the way I dress, how I dress, eat what I eat, spend my time, how I unite, how I relate, how I communicate. Everything about my life should be part of this service to God. And it can be. And when we examine all the things he's given us, the time has come to look around our homes, to look within ourselves, to look within our families, and to see the gifts and to partner with Hashem in His mission, His reason for creating us and giving us what He has given us. So the fifth Rebbe said, when Mashiach comes, we're going to be so sorry that we didn't do more in the time of exile. We're going to feel bad. We're going to miss. We're going to yearn for the times of exile. That's when people will feel anguish over their lack of stretch, of just trying, going beyond themselves. And it's called avoida, it's called service, it's called work. These, the days of exile are the days of avoida, of work. And work takes at least some effort. Whether you work with your mind, whether you speak with your words, whether you work with your hands, whatever you do, this is the time of that extra stretch. You can't do anything of significance by just closing your eyes and wishing for it. These are the days of avoida. If we want to repair a relationship, if we want to help other people, we have some extra time some extra wherewithal, words, money, ideas, consolation. This is our time not to stay within. We go within in order to reflect and remember and to give out to others, to creation. It's avoida, it's hard work. But these are the days of avoida to prepare ourselves for the imminent coming of Mashiach. You know, there's a Mishnah that tells us that one hour of repentance, change, good deeds in this world is greater than the whole world to come, the whole time of Mashiach. And one hour of pleasure in the world to come surpasses anything we can reach in this world. So how can that be? Either working hard on ourselves and doing in this world surpasses everything of the future or 
one hour in the world of the future surpasses anything that we can achieve in life. And both are true. How? It says, when Mashiach comes, we will draw pleasure from the radiance of God's presence. We'll be in the presence of Hashem. So for us, the future is wonderful. But the pleasure that God gets from us, nothing can outshine, quote, an hour of repentance and good deeds. Despite the challenges, when we stretch, when we come back to who we really are by accessing all of the abilities, every bit of it that God has put into us, a mind to think, a heart to feel, words to speak, to listen out for others, to touch, to see what's going on, and to react, that gives God the greatest satisfaction. Nothing can touch that for Hashem. So right now, we feel a lack of our own satisfaction. So we're yearning for the perfect world of the future. But when Mashiach comes and there won't be any more pain, and we won't have that spiritual emptiness, we won't have that frustration, and then we'll remember We'll remember all the chances we had to please Hashem by serving Him. And we'll wonder, we'll kick ourselves. We'll say, why in the world did I not take the fullest advantage of those opportunities? In fact, the previous Rebbe, the son of the Rebbe who pointed all this out, said, when Mashiach comes, we're going to grasp our heads in regret and say, give out. While we were still in exile, we could have accomplished so much. And that's exactly the time we're in now. We're in exile. We're restricted. We have to stay at home and so on. But you don't need an excuse to phone somebody these days because everybody needs, everybody needs that human touch, even the phone call. But we must be honest in front of Hashem. If I can give more than that, if I can give a Torah class, if I can give financial assistance, what in the world are we saving it for? This is the work right now. To empty ourselves out. And when you give, whether it's from the heart, from the pocket, from the mind, from the mouth, you don't have less. You have an incredible, incredible amount more. And that's a promise from Hashem. The more we empty ourselves out, as it were, in these areas, the more we fill up. And we've spoken about this. Hashem says, the only mitzvah you can test me in, make a deal with me, is a mitzvah of tzedakah. Hashem says, I promise you, give, and I will give you. Aser to aser. Give in order that you become wealthy. So there's Hashem yearning to connect with us. The king wants our love. The king, there's pleasure that only we can give him. Why are we holding it back? He has set us up for success. I mean, anybody who remembers the first time 
that they saw their own beautiful baby. The love for a pure helpless child, the desire to make that child comfortable. When there's a greater need, there's a greater love. And Hashem has this incredible love for us, and that's why He's put us into this world and given us all these opportunities to really and truly bring Him nachas, because He loves us. And very often it feels like He doesn't love us. And that too is in the Parsha. Because Moshe says to the Jewish people, you slandered Hashem in your tents. You said Hashem took us out of Egypt because He hated us to suffer in the desert. And Moshe says, what are you talking about? It's because Hashem loves you. And for us as well, until the day of Mashiach, and we need to demand it, God wants to hear from us that we really want to be free of the pain and the suffering. And we don't just mean that it's inconvenient, but to really care that our soul is in exile, that other people are suffering so much. COVID has been absolutely ruthless. There are communities that are still reeling. Incredible, incredible loss in such great numbers in New York, in Israel, in other places. The amount of of close people, parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, who have been ill, who've been taken from us, and even those who've recovered, they don't seem to be able to get strong. What happened in America is, is unbelievable. What happened in New York, in the from communities, not just Nebuchadnezzar, in the percentages of how many passed away. But the people who are literally damaged and the families who are suffering with them to this day, down to the children. Can we say that Hashem loves us? But the Rebbe points out that until Mashiach comes, when there will no longer be anything hiding God's goodness, Things are going to happen that we can, God forbid, mistaken for cruelty. But even that's God's love. What's our challenge? Until Mashiach comes, we have to remember that God at all times is showing us his love. Even sometimes it looks like it's the opposite. When we remain conscious of this, is going to inspire us. We have to have a big heart in front of our eyes. God loves me. And to be inspired to do what he wants and what he wants of us and to live up to why we are in this world for another day. We wake up in the morning, it's going to be a brand new opportunity to give nachas to Hashem. And when we do that, it will in itself take away the last remaining blocks to bringing Mashiach. When God created the world, everything was clearly from Hashem.
and Adam led all of creation in a unified song. There was an orchestra and Adam was the conductor. And everything praised Hashem and recognized the Creator. We want to go back to that time. We want to understand the unity in this world. We're connected to each other. We're connected to Hashem. All of creation impinges on everything else. So how do we bring it about? Quite simply, to model the behavior that we want to see. We want to see unity. We want to see goodness. We must show unity to others. We must give. We must be good in action. This is an incredible, incredible time. (coughs) If we would only know how much Hashem needs us. He has a dream. God's dream is that he dwells in this world. It's called Dira B'Tachtonim. It's from the Medrash in Tanchuma. God passionately wants to dwell in this limited world. (coughs) So he loves us. He's given us all the tools and he yearns for our connection. What a privilege. And we should take pity on the soul which yearns for its source. Our Nisham is hungry. It wants to connect to life and life is Hashem. And Hashem is the mitzvahs. Hashem is living according to the Torah. The neshama yearns to draw close, to come home, to be safe and secure. And during these three weeks, we have an incredible opportunity. As dark as it is, is a great light in the darkness. The greater the darkness, the greater the potential for light. And every descent is for the purpose of a higher ascent. When we're just comfortable then there's no growth. But we don't want to be uncomfortable. But still, Hashem makes us uncomfortable. And during this time, and especially the three Shabbosim, the three Shabbatot, we have unique opportunities to reflect on and connect with and please God to carry out our resolutions. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. It's never enough. As long as we have another day, another opportunity, we need to seize it. You know, the late Prime Minister of Israel, Yitzhak Rabin, came to see the Rebbe. He was in for a private audience. And the Rebbe asked him very warmly, How are you? And Prime Minister Rabin responded, I can't complain. Life is good. The Rebbe replied, While it is true that our sages teach us that who is rich? A person who is satisfied with what he has. But, said the Rebbe, that only applies to material wealth. When it comes to matters spiritual, one should never be content 
with one's present state. No matter how much one has achieved, he must strive to do more tomorrow. So when we're discontent materially, especially when we have enough, that's negative, that's a vice. But spiritual discontent is a virtue to want to grow, to want to give, to want to connect with Hashem. It's never enough. As long as He gives us another day, as long as He gives us another hour, He's giving us opportunities. Opportunities to invest in futures that are forever. We can't say, I can't complain, life is good. Because life is not good for somebody else. Because somebody else is in pain. Because somebody else is hungry. Because somebody else is tormented. Somebody else is lost. And we have the key. And of course, and it was mentioned this week, but the Rebbe encouraged everyone to teach and to give. And there was a person the Rebbe was encouraging, encouraging him to reach out and teach. He said, Rebbe, I don't know very much. And the Rebbe said, do you know Aleph? Do you know something? And the man said, yeah, he knows some basics. So the Rebbe said to him, you go and teach Aleph. While you're studying Bayes, you should be teaching Aleph. So there is this idea of taking care of ourselves, taking care of our families, taking care of ourselves spiritually. But in these times, this is not the time to do that. And we have the clear understanding from the teaching in the parsha. The generation that Moshe is talking to were going to enter the land, and that was a descent. They had to go into the land and till the soil in order to eat, unlike the manna that fell daily in the midbar in the wilderness. They had to first go in and go to battle, go to war, and fight in order to eradicate the idol worshippers who occupied the land and take possession of the land all according to Hashem's direction. Why? The generation in the desert didn't want to leave the desert. They were on the level of Moshe. They had seen godliness. They stood at Sinai. And they didn't want to leave this spiritual life where all they did was study the Torah the whole time. This generation... This was a different generation. And that's why Moshe is speaking to them from the heart, telling them that despite the fact that your ancestors didn't want to leave the desert for seemingly good reasons, that's not God's will. God desires that we change the world and that we change ourselves into something else. Study of Torah is one thing. But mitzvahs, where we reach out to others, and that can only happen if the others don't have. In the desert, everybody had. We all had food. Our clothing grew along with us. We all had the daily manna, the water from the well, and protection, God's protection. The clouds on all sides. What did people need? They did not need each other 
But once they would leave that protective environment, the yeshiva, the place for me, it had to become a place for you, a place for us. And that work continues until this very day. The generation we are in is a time of connection. And all the things of connection are going to bring us to the destination. Seeing the other, stretching to the other. The very little that we might have, to still break it in half and to share it. This is where we're up to now. And so, this Shabbos is a very special Shabbos. It's the third of the three Shabboses, Shabbosim, Shabbatot, in the three weeks. And it has a special name. And the name is, we call it Shabbos Chazon, the Shabbos of vision. What does that mean? Well, the generation that entered the land, they only had a vision. They could only imagine what lay ahead. Whereas the generation that was in the desert, they saw. They saw God come down on the mountain. For them, there was absolutely no challenge. Can you compare what you see to what you hear or imagine? Definitely not. And yet, despite the fact that something you see clearly, nobody convince you, can convince you otherwise, and they saw godliness, and they were on that level, this second generation who only heard about it, they were the ones who could enter the land, fight, conquer the land. And we're told there were seven Canaanite nations. Well, what does it have to do with us? And the Rebbe explains this is to conquer our seven emotional attributes, to harness our love and kindness, to harness and balance our discipline, our compassion and mercy, our fortitude, our determination, to constantly redirect it in the direction of making this world a unified place, a place of godliness through kindness, through connection to God and connection to the other. It's a place of humility. Well, the, the fifth attribute that we must subdue and refine is our humility. And then comes our bonding to care about others with our kindness, with our discipline, with our compassion and our fortitude and our humility, when those five come together, that there's no excuses. We are bonded. We want for him what we want for ourselves. The result is sovereignty, leadership, royalty, dignity, and that's what's needed from us now. It's not about us. Well, I should say it's not about me. It's about us. It's not about me. <clears throat> we must put our own comforts aside, get out of our comfort zone. Our minds are too limited to understand. Let's not try and see how many COVID deaths here and how many cases reported there. And we're going in circles like in the desert. 
It takes us nowhere. It's discussions. What effect can we have on that? We need to know that God's love is infinite. His love for us is infinite as he is infinite. And now, the work is kindness. We can only imagine what the world of the future will be like. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, the holy Hasidic Rebbe said, that on this Shabbos Chazon, Chazon means vision, because the Haftarah that is read begins with the word Chazon Yeshayahu. This was the vision of Isaiah, a vision for the future. And he said that each one of us is shown a vision on this Shabbos. Each one of us can actually see something that's going to happen in the future. We're told that each one of us is shown the third Bet HaMikdash, the third temple. Permanence, glory, God's presence in this world. Everything the third temple represents. It represents peace amongst all the nations. It represents respect for God. It represents the revelation of God's presence and glory in this world. It represents justice. It represents the end of jealousy, the end of senseless competition and greed. Peace. And that we won't be limited. Our hearts and our minds will be open. Nobody will be hungry anymore. Nobody will be poor anymore. Nobody will be sick anymore. An incredible world. A world that we all want. And we have a vision of that world that's shown to each one of us. We have a vision of the third Beit HaMikdash on this coming Shabbos. But it's a vision. It's distant. And the question is, how do we bring it close? We need to remember that each one of us has a mission, a puzzle piece, with which to complete, complete all of creation. We have the power. We can make the connection. We just need to have the desire. And what do we do? got to brush away the layers that have accumulated by living in a material world, in a physical world. But that was God's will. But we do have the strength, the strength to actually push away all of the nonsense and to get to the essence. We have a chance to finish exile. How? Very simply. Be nice to someone especially someone in your family. Be kind to someone outside your family, someone you can't relate to at all. Study some Torah. Do a mitzvah. Make a brocha, which means say a prayer, not a party. Light candles for Shabbos. Give tzedakah. Tzedakah means it's right. God didn't give us what he gave us for us to keep for ourselves. He really didn't. And this is the time to break, to fight our seven selfish emotional attributes and to transform them into godly 
emotional attributes. Not to give to ourselves, to give to others. And thereby we get a lot. Not to use sternness when it comes to others. And for ourselves, no, nothing is enough. Let's understand. Love your fellow as yourself. Let's give respect. Respect to ourselves. We have a neshama. Respect to the way we dress. How do we frame the neshama? Respect to the time that God has given us. The abilities. The gifts. Share with others. Understand that these tiny things, Torah study and mitzvahs, are the currency that Hashem deals in. And when we pay forward in those things, Hashem responds with everything we need, even the things that we don't yet know that we need. So in these days of exile, we mustn't be satisfied with what we've done before, especially these nine days. It's a chance to finish the reason that we're in the situation at the time that we initially, the time of year, were thrust into this situation. We've gone on endless journeys, which means separate. It's time for unity, to turn to the person next to you, the person in your home, the person on the other end of the phone, and to give support, love, listening, and wherever possible, to give financially. People are struggling. People are afraid. And just to mention that even when we don't have, as it were, it's important to give. Because if we give even that little bit, it opens huge gates of blessing for Hashem to give us so much more. Let's Cross the finish line. The energy is from the mitzvahs, particularly from the loving mitzvahs, from the unity. We have the inner strength. We can conquer our selfishness. We can live according to Torah and the Torah principles. We need to understand that whatever we do now is going to bring blessing to all of creation. And so, let's just finish with one little story. During this time, it's a great opportunity to be present. There was someone the Rebbe was talking to, and he asked the person in a conversation about faith. They were talking about faith. He said, do you pray every morning? And the man said, I do pray, but very quickly, very hurriedly. Why, the Rebbe asked him, why is it so? He said, because when I wake up in the morning, I'm very weak. It's due to my bad nerves. And I was taught that the Jewish law forbids you from eating before you pray. So when I pray first thing in the morning, I'm not at my best. And very kindly, the Rebbe said to him, the way I see it, you must eat something first thing in the morning. And due to your condition, maybe it's a full meal you need to eat. The Tzemach Tzedek, the third Rebbe, our Rebbe said, once told someone in a similar situation, 
It's better to eat in order to pray than to pray in order to eat. In other words, we have to be fully present in whatever we're doing. We mustn't get stuck with these ideas that we haven't checked out, that this is the way to live. We must constantly reach out to a mentor, as Ethics of Our Fathers instructs us, to clarify, because the goal is to be fully present. Present for Hashem, present for ourselves, present for other people, present in the world of COVID-19, because Hashem has put us into it, and it must be the passage through which we will move to Hashem taking us to a great destination. Good Shabbos. And may it be that next Thursday not be Tisha B'Av, but a great Yontav. Good Shabbos. And please, God, only good news to share.